What's up, my little mistakers, and welcome to 2020. You're here for the Humor in Mistakes podcast with your host, Donovan McNeil. And each week, my co-host and I, Andrew Gleason, have a guest on our show who we invite to talk about mistakes that they've made in the past. And Andrew and I laugh at them with the hopes that you, our little mistakers, will learn that mistakes are just fine and be encouraged to make more. But this week is different because we don't have a guest. It's only Andrew and myself. So we're going to talk about mistakes that we made in 2019 and some of our goals for 2020. So take a listen. Welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast, but this is not a normal episode. This is a special end of the year wrap up. Welcome, Andrew Gleason. What's up? Drew Gleasy. How's it going? For Sheezy. For Sheezy. And McNeezy. McNeezy, keeping it breezy. Working on them rhyme skills, hint, hint. What you up to, dude? I'm good, man. I'm excited to... uh... It's been on the docket for a while, like, just for us to knock out what we're going to be talking about like we said we're going to wrap up the year we're going to figure out what we're going to do next year if i recall correctly it was we said we were going to be doing this back in the radio station i think it was the first time i was on yeah and we did do it did we do it in yeah, the year wrap we up? did one yeah we did one at that place you were staying at out by that lake okay and then i think that was that was right when you put in your weeks, two weeks notice. So I don't know when during the year that was. Okay, so that probably was early May. Okay. Or late June. Yeah. Or they're, just, they're recaps. I didn't even remember. I should listen to that. Like, I have no idea what I said during that. Yeah, I forget too. I think the main thing was you were quitting your job and we were planning for camp. That was it. Um, How do you think 2020 turned out for you? Uh, or in 2019? 2019 was great, man. This has been the single biggest year of growth for me personally. So it's it's the best year on the record for me. How about you? I think 2019 was a undercover year of growth. And it's not apparent until I look back on it. Like I had to sit here for a while and just take an hour and a half to two hours to myself. And like, what have I actually done? And I undersell it, but it was a year of growth for me as well. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Uh, how did you grow? Uh, I So I was thinking about doing those, you'd see those like social media posts where people list their accomplishments. I was like, I can't bring myself to do one of those. It's just not my style. But I was thinking about it, and I do got a pretty big, pretty big list of like bullet points. I'm like... Specific things that happened this year or that I learned this year, specific lessons, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just been, it's been a crazy year for sure. Uh, I've learned a lot about this business, this business. uh, I've learned a lot in my personal life. I've learned a lot uh, about general life lessons, stuff like that, and like, yeah, it, we could dive into all of them. But, I'm about uh, to say this is we don't play coy here. You're you're, you're dancing around. Yeah. you learned a lot. You well, where do we want to go first? I mean, uh, in March I quit drinking. There you go. That was a big one, and I think that what really was the catalyst to all this 
additional personal growth that I've been experiencing. How was that? Because, like, you drank for a long... Like, how long have you been drinking? I started drinking at 12 or 13. And I stopped um, a week before my 28th birthday. So that's 15 years. Like... I feel like you were the person that you go to for a good time before you turn 28. Like you, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You buy a bottle and Andrew's down and he shows up with his own bottle. Yes. And, uh, unfortunately I showed up with my own bottle because I knew that your bottle wouldn't be enough. <laughs> uh, and I always felt bad for drinking people's liquor because I drink a lot. So I'm like, I'm not the guy you could just give me a couple shots, man. I'm going to drink your whole <laughs> bottle, bro. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I remember the first few months we lived there and I bought like a handle of vodka and you'd be like, yo, can I take a shot? Yo, can I take a shot? And then I started calculating how many shots you were taking. And so I was many. like, wow, this dude can drink, drink. Like I thought I could drink. Yeah, that was, uh, there, you got people who just take a bunch of weed to the face. You got people, I don't know. I could drink a lot, but. After after I stopped drinking, I had to replace it with something, and uh, I ended up replacing it with a bunch of tools for things like productivity and not necessarily like exercise or anything physically, but uh, really more healthy lifestyle choices. Yeah, I think for me the biggest step was uh, was quitting my job. Yeah, like, and I downplayed that so much, but just like. I was talking to uh, a friend about it and she was telling me, she's like, you quit your job. Like, do you realize that there are people out there who don't do that, who are miserable? Stuck. Stuck. And I rem and and that's like one of my, and so it's something that I've undersold a lot, but now like that's one of my proudest moments. Cause as I was leaving, there was like a dude underlyingly talking shit like he wasn't <laughs> saying it out loud but he was like well i mean ibm's a good company man oh you're leaving what's your job are you making the right choice are you making the right choice it's very hard to do this you don't want to burn bridges i was like i'm like already leaving like dude yeah, i'm out he was bitter exactly jealous and what did he say? He said, you should be able to tell me some jokes that make me laugh right now if you're quitting your job for it. And I just wanted to be like, fuck you. I would have been like, the biggest joke is you're still here, bro. <laughs> Don't you complain about your wife all the time? Asshole. Um, yeah, learn how to step up and quit that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that was just a big step. And then I didn't understand the, uh, the rebound that I was going to have with that, right? Like mentally... It was like really tough, especially after we got out of camp to be like, oh shit. Now like, you ain't got shit to do. I ain't got shit to do that's like on a set trajectory. And that has been fucking with me. So it's like, I'm learning to be okay with not having a set trajectory. Cause everything that I've done so far has been a set tra trajectory. And deep down I knew I didn't like it. Like it was like, all right, go to college four years. You know how to do that. You take these credits, you'll pass. Uh, like I hate when people say this, that schooling is hard. In a way, it is. But if you're disciplined, then it's a straight path. 
Like, yeah. no matter what, you name it. You know it. where you're going. You know how to get to where you're going. Exactly. Everything's laid out for you. Exactly. Even when I got my master's degree, it was like, all right, well, here's how you pass your thesis. You should be working on it this amount of time, and you'll probably have these number of rewrites. And even though rewrites are terrible, they prepare you for the fact that you're going to have to rewrite it a few times. So is it necessarily a, 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 t- a tough path? Well, you got guidelines there. You got guidelines. It's like bowling with the bumpers on. Exactly. You know what you're going for. And the whole time I was doing I was like, this is boring. And so now that I've been used to that type of lifestyle of this is the trajectory, it's very tough for me to get acclimated to the fact that there's not a necessary trajectory. You got to figure it out on your own. Exactly. But now you're free free no it, i mean it, it's not free living this way but it's not it's not but to back up after you quit your job uh my next bullet point was uh we both started a new job <laughs> we did yeah that was uh that was i was thinking back man i'm not i'm gonna keep it 100 percent real i was kind of disappointed that we didn't get that job again I think that it was because we did not respond to the emails. We didn't respond to shit. We didn't respond to emails. We didn't respond to critiques of our performances. Y'all didn't. Well, I won't say that, but (laughs) we didn't pay mind to the little things that add up and show that you didn't fall in line. But it is what it is. I, I looking back. Let's define that, right? I enjoyed that experience i think it was a great experience i think it was one of those experiences where you're like i'm going to try something new and while it wasn't a perfect fit i had never shot guns before i shot a pistol once before i became the educational director yeah for, for the listeners if you go back to the last episode with both of us that's when we are just about to leave for new hampshire for nine weeks and McNeil became the rifle director. Yes. And I became the aquatics director. And we spent nine weeks up on a mountain at a lake with Boy Scouts, ages, I don't know, like 10 to 16, and uh, thousands and thousands of kids. And uh, part of it is they didn't have those positions filled. And they would rather fill them with lifelong Boy Scouts, people that right. knew the Boy Scouting rules and all that. And we walked in ignorant as fuck. Exactly. Because, however, the, the fact of the matter is you don't always have adults who have been Scouts, became Eagle Scouts, and then decide to give their free time to yes. the Scouting program. Hey, we made it work. We did. And I did not realize how much... When they say Boy Scout pride, bro, oh, they so mean proud. Boy Scout pride. Like you bleed the green and red and whatever other colors. And that that goes into those little things that we didn't do, which is why I didn't we why we didn't get rehired. Things like your socks have to be completely even. Your name tag has to be straight. You have to sing the songs that they sing in the morning. You have to march every morning. You have to salute the flag. Yeah. Colors in the morning. 
it's it was tough every morning at 7 a.m and we you and i would stroll in late i'll but all right so some of the good things that came out of that was that shit got me on a schedule it did i mean waking up every day at 6 30 a.m well i had to be up at 5 a.m every friday to do what the mile swim i had to go down there and let everybody who wanted to go out and swim a mile do their thing and supervise all of that um but that shit got me up out of bed mad early every day for nine weeks had me on an hour to hour schedule had me out hiking i mean shit we probably walked a couple miles a day on a mountain definitely for nine weeks swimming a lot of the time uh playing basketball um we were able to live healthy up there. It was. I think it was a necessary sacrifice to say that I can be disciplined. Yes. To a to a T. They're like, there's a limit in my discipline, uh, but I can be disciplined. And so part of my questioning for myself after I got out of camp is, okay, I got up at 7 o'clock, in the, 6 o'clock in the morning most days because I would play basketball before camp started. Um, and then I would fulfill my job – requirements and even sometimes i'm going into what 9 p.m so be up Uh from 7 a.m to 9 p.m why can i be disciplined for someone else because i was disciplined at ibm too like i moved up at ibm why can i be disciplined for someone else and someone else's goals but i can't be disciplined when it comes to my own right i think there's a lot of people who did you reach a conclusion did you come to an answer yet I think part of it is because I doubt my own goals. And not that I want them. I doubt my ability to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, being a math guy, I know the statistics. And I know I know that the world doesn't smile nicely on people who don't accomplish their dreams. And by that, I mean the outcome of it. Like So if 40 years from now, 30 years from now, I'm a Walmart greeter who never made it in comedy. That's going to be my story. And that's just from growing up and hearing people who like, oh, that person used to sing uh, and they tried and they didn't make it. And you think negatively of those people. Right. Uh, those rappers who are still rapping at 30, 35, 40. And you're always here. You're programmed to think neg- negatively of those people that are still in the band at 40 trying. And it's just we're programmed to look down on people who are still trying to make it later on in age. And so those two mindsets are battling all the time. Well, it's like, are they, do you, are you supposed to pity them or are you supposed to praise them for staying in the game and trying, never giving up? It's, it's two different mindsets, right? Well, I, I, and I agree with that. I think it's more of the underlying issue is even if I do become that, 80 year old who never made it why should i care about what people think and i think that's the underlying issue that i'm trying to work out is why do i care what people think yes yeah that's a that's another big thing that i've been grappling with myself this year going back to that that question i think another thing is money and results come up a lot quicker when you're being disciplined for somebody else right yeah but when you got to do this yourself and you got to stay disciplined for something that's starting up like this podcast or other projects and stuff 
the benefits aren't going to be showing up. So it's harder to see the results of your labor, which makes the labor harder to do. I think that's another aspect of that. Exactly. And and I find when I'm hanging out with, uh, I don't know, people that I used to go to school with or, I don't know, people that I used to work with, um, and their questions are very concrete. They want like a number, like what is what what are your podcast numbers doing? How right. much have you improved? And they want very concrete. And it's maybe like, Bitch, my, none of your business. I do now answer. I do answer that question with I don't look at my numbers. Yeah. Um. I just I check them to make sure they're going up. That's yeah, it. That's it. Um. But maybe an improvement is now that I am writing 20, 30 minutes a day and being consistent with that. That's an improvement that you can't see, but you have to do that consistently in order to get the results you can see. Right. And that, I mean, that goes back to not caring what people think either, man. Exactly. What the fuck do they care about your numbers? Are they hosting this show? Are they editing? Are they staying up till 2 a.m.? And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. Enjoy the show. (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't enjoy it, don't listen which i've been dealing with that as well um i found that i've been really trying to push positivity and stuff especially on social media and i think there are some people out there who just don't respect it because i don't think that's their reality i think their reality is um whatever it is and when they see something you know they're very quick to label it fake they're very quick to dismiss it dealing with that myself and Trying to get, trying to get over that and accepting that you can't please everybody, you know. Yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with that. You're not going to be able to please everyone, and being okay with that, and then also realizing that I was in that mode, right? That, and I'm getting out of it, but I was in that mode where when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do as a comic. Uh, putting in the work and I was seeing comics surpass me because I think both of us have seen that we've been in the triangle for a while and there's those comics who may have started out with us that actually put in the work you know yeah there are like a couple comics that I can name uh who they may not remember me but I think Sam Mazzani's on his fourth year and I saw him at good nights first starting out when I first took a class and I saw his, and over the years I see him being very consistent, and I see how far he's grown. And Jeremy Alder's another one that we saw like right when he first started. Yeah. And we're seeing like all these people who have grown because they put in the work. And even myself mentally, like a year or two ago, was hating mentally on those. And I'm like, they're putting in the work, dude. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's very easy to get caught up in comparison. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And thankfully, we have the self awareness to. Learn how to get out of those traps. Yeah. Well, I, I think I was in it. And so I think being able to understand that you were in it allows me to relate with the negative people. Like, they're just not putting in the work. Or they would be more positive. I'm trying not to associate with them. Or I'm just trying to cut them out, you know? I feel that. Um yeah. What are some of your other 2020 goals? So we actually, this is going like right down my list because after talking about camp, well, I mean, we spent the summer working up there on the lake. Can we talk about funny stories from camp? Like, I feel like we just glazed over yeah. that, right? Yeah. Because we quit to become Boy Scouts and neither one of us has really addressed 
Just how crazy it was. It was crazy. And I'm not talking about like in a negative way. No, not at all. I'm talking about in the way that I had one kid almost shoot himself. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> but not in that way like he was depressed or anything. No, no. It was total, he almost accidentally. He almost accidentally shot himself. himself. Yeah. Because uh, these kids, they're 12. And th- they don't understand the seriousness of a gun. So sometimes you'd have to like... You'd have to kick them off the range because they sit in there like me and you were having a conversation, right? And they have a gun pointed at their friend <laughs> having a conversation. And I like scream and take the gun away from them. And they're like, it's not loaded. And I'm like, you can't point a gun at another human being. Like They don't under they're too young and Oh, this shit's hilarious. So this kid, he was at the range. He was at the range and uh so when you sh- when you shoot a gun, there are like three different things that can happen. The bullet can go forward and that's fine. Bam. Number one. Number two, you can have what you call uh, a misfire. And a misfire means you pull the trigger, the the uh, casing, the bullet, we call it a bullet, but it's really a case. The bullet never fires. And so you pull the trigger, you wait 30 seconds, it never goes off, you count it as a dud. And you gotta wait the 30 seconds to make sure it's not gonna go off. It's not gonna go off. So you take your time, you wait 30 seconds. Sometimes it might go after it, it might go off after like 15 or 20 seconds. Thus the reason you wait and you keep the gun pointed in the safe direction. Remember that. Um, or you call it a misfire, it never fires. And you can get rid of the the casing, or you can sometimes spin it and pull it again, and it'll go off. So this kid, we're using bolt action rifles, pulls the trigger. Apparently, the gun, the bullet doesn't fire, so he ejects it. And what I was told in camp is a lot of people have never seen a hang fire because it's so rare. Uh, because that means the bullet goes off after a few seconds, and so it and so the kid ejects it, and I see it hit the table. Because you can hear when you pull the trigger and you hear the click and nothing happens. I'm triggered to look in that direction to make sure the kid keeps the gun pointing in a safe direction for 30 seconds. So I hear the click, nothing happens, and I see the kid eject it. And like <laughs> I'd seen so many, I'd seen so many misfires that I was just gonna go over there and be like, yo, don't ever do that. Cause they usually just don't go off. And I this was toward the end of summer, so I'd seen that a lot of times, the bullet never go off. Uh I see the the bullet hit the floor and start spinning. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this bullet is going to go off. There's a bunch of kids around. And then my, uh, my self-preservation kicked in. It was like, well, there's like three kids in between me and the bullet. So I'm going to be fine. <laughs> but so it spins and it goes off. And I'm like, oh, God. And it hit the wood. The bullet goes into the wood beside the kid's leg. And he's fine. And I'm like, holy shit. Couple inches. Couple inches. And the thing about the rifle range is that you can't have it near anywhere else, right? So it is on the far side of the camp near nobody. So the only thing I would have been able to do is if this bullet hit the kid. Just run. Just put him on my shoulder and run down a goddamn mountain with the bleeding kid saying, meet me, meet me with the ambulance in the where the ambulance can actually get to, which it would be like the middle of camp because the camp, the ambulance can't get to the rifle range. It's not happening. They can get near it, but they can't. <laughs> and that kid was kind of big. So <laughs> that had been a tough lift. 
would have been tough. <laughs> yeah, shit's it happens, man. You gotta. Well, what can you do? I yelled at the kid. Yeah, I would have too. And then I realized he was black, so I stopped yelling as much. <laughs> I am halfway racist. Uh, we can't. I mean, there's so few of them up there. You can't. Yeah, I was like, I'm not about to yell at this one black kid. Black power. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have anything like that. I had one seizure, uh, but that was it. Didn't um, you have, like, some staff that wouldn't do their job? Oh, my God, dude. Uh, I, yeah, so I had a, I had the largest staff in uh, camp. It was, uh, I think, six junior staff under 17 and then four um, 18 to 20-year-olds. And the 18 to 20-year-olds were something else. I mean, they were they were young adults. And Don't be coy. They they like to take things. They like to do shit on their own, I guess, and including taking out the motorboats without telling anybody. Boats that oh, and you know, smoking illegal substances. Uh, it, not on my watch, but in their cabin. Um, we got into it a couple times. I'm not gonna lie. We had to have a few meetings. There was one where. I mean, the language that was used down on the beach wasn't Boy Scout approved. Um, the staff liked to, there was a lot of politically incorrect jokes being made. and Like at, what? Oh, kids like to call each other trans. Is that the thing? That's the thing these days. Um, lots of gay jokes, lots of, you know, whatever, and... I would do my best to stay on top of it, but it's nothing I'm going to get bent out of shape over because that would be wasted energy. <laughs> um, and I called a kid a dumbass one day, and come to find out later that day, he went crying <laughs> to the admin office, and I had to apologize to the staff for uh, my use of language. And How, how old was this kid? He was 18. He was 18? He was 18. See, when you told me the story, you're like, yeah, I got in trouble for calling uh, an 18-year-old a dumbass who was doing something very dumb, wasn't he? He was like... Uh... I t well, I told him to go get a wheelbarrow, and he came back without a wheelbarrow. <laughs> so I was like, I told you to get the wheelbarrow. Go get it. That's kind of paraphrasing, but I didn't mean it with ill intent. Man, I had adults say so much more. That's how I thought adults were cool. That's how I thought I had the adults respect if they talked to me like another adult. There there are times when I don't know if I could necessarily be a teacher. I think I think I could teach littler kids, but there are so many things cuz we were dealing with like young adults, right? There are so many things that we would intervene on that I was like what are you doing? What? Why are we supposed to do this, right? Yeah. Like, there was these two kids arguing, going back and forth, and uh, one of my junior staff was like, we have to report that. And I was like, they just had, like, a little argument. And then, like, so the next day I reported it like I'm supposed to, and then the next day their camp, their camp, their camp counselor or whatever, their – their counselor troop leader troop leader there we go sat in in between them for the rest of camp and i was like what is that teaching them like well, we were on the side of a mountain like they had a little dispute i know let them be kids let them be kids bro i had a junior staff member start a fire <laughs> because he was playing with the uh gas gas cans <laughs> and he started a fire and 
I didn't report shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my one employee. Oh, oh. I loved him. Uh, we're just going to say, uh, nickname, we're going to call him Yacht. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yacht was very. Little Yacht. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Little Yachty. Yeah. Uh, little Yachty, <laughs> I probably should have got him off the staff very early. Uh, but he was a daydreamer. And I resonate with that because I often look off in the distance and start daydreaming. Yeah. Uh, but he was just doing it at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> like Constantly. So uh, there was a time when uh, he's supposed to be taking down the targets downrange. So no one could be near the guns. But he's just standing there downrange. It's like, all right. <laughs> all right little yachty <laughs> all right little yachty uh go get can you go get the targets for me he's like yeah cool <laughs> we might have to beep out his day oh we can cut that out easy okay uh can you go get the targets for me so he goes to get them and then he gets like the third target and then there's like uh, i think there was like a little chipmunk and i sat there and watched him <laughs> watch the chipmunk. He got distracted. <laughs> it was a little cute fuzzy chipmunk. And he wanted to. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, how long is he going to be distracted from this? <laughs> he was a fun kid. I enjoyed him. <laughs> it was like little things like that. Bro, uh, the ranger up there, man. He has a, a life though, man. It's chill. I would live up there. Would you? I think it's if I retired, I'd live in a place like that, there. Would you have his job? Yeah, why not? He lives up there year round, including when everyone's gone, and he just has his ranger group that he tells what to do, and he chills. I'm jealous. I'd do it. It'd be so nice. Oh, the only thing uh, I've thought of a funny story that made me the only the last thing I'll say about camp. Is and I need your advice, little mistakers. If you've ever taught this kid, uh, our our casings, our our magazines held five bullets. There are five bullets, and so he was in charge of filling them. And once you get to five, you can't put any more in there, and that's how you know you have five bullets in the magazine. So every day, <laughs> people would shoot and be like, "Oh, they got four bullets. Oh, they got three. And I just would go to him like, hey, like, why are you having trouble? <laughs> you have so many bullets. All you have to do is put five in there. And I so sat it there stops. And I, <laughs> I was sitting there and count with him. Like, one. Because I was like, all right, Ugh. I'm just not going to assign this to you. Let's do it together. So I'd count out loud. One, two, three, four, five. Magazine full. And I would sit there. And he'd be like, all right, I got it. I got it. And then the next day, people would complain. I'm like, what don't you get? He's like, there's only four bullets, only three bullets. And I'm like, how do I explain this to you? I think that's the lost cause, man. <laughs> that's the lost cause. It was, I don't know. It I was fun. It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And that first week of training, man, that was the toughest week I've had in a while. Oh, fucking swimming 12 hours a day. That was like, that felt like some military shit. My worst part is when I figured out that they don't appreciate, because uh, the training that we went to 
was all the all the camps sent their counselors to this training. Yeah. And so we were up there with some diehard Eagle Scouts. Diehard. And then you had people like me and Andrew who were just like, yeah, we're here for a paycheck. Yeah, I don't know, bro. And for me, the worst part is realizing that they hated people like us. Yeah. Like that one dude who was like the main camp guy came up and talked to me probably because I was black. I was like, oh, I just want to get to know you. Like, how long you been with the scouts? I was like, two days. (laughs) And his whole face changed. He was like, well, tell me what you love so about, love so much about it. I don't even know. I haven't even read the manual. (laughs) I don't, man. Our group, the aquatic group, we we bonded because we were all miserable, fucking miserable. 60 degree water, just like fucking all day, every day, in and out, in and out, in and out. And uh, shout out to my one of my trainers. He lives in Astoria, New York. I hope to catch up with him someday. Oh, and the other one, uh, she I think she's living in Cary now. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So uh, let's link up. Uh, you had to say that so creepily, <laughs> so creepily. She's just, she's. Yeah, cute. it was just weird to like, but I think we all have our passions. So I'm not talking shit about it. It was just real. It was really, I don't want to say funny, but it was really funny for me to realize the discrepancy in passion, because during camp school, the lady who was in charge of my group came out and gave this impassioned speech with tears in her eyes about like being a scout and how much it meant to her and her husband and her boyfriend. Her sons were Eagle Scouts and this is what she's doing with her spare time. We should appreciate it. And I was playing on my phone like, oh, this woman started crying. <laughs> <laughs> my phone away. Tears in her eyes. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just like, this is I would feel the same way if I spent a couple years inside of it. I'm sure. Because it would break you down and you'd start identifying hardcore with it. Because that's all you can do. Exactly. I mean, it's They shit. get them young. We probably exhibit some of those behaviors when it comes to comedy. Very true. Very yeah. true. Um, but yeah, so I, on my list, I got became a lifeguard. Uh, became a swim instructor. Did you tell them about the Underground Railroad that we started? Mm, no, <laughs> I do. I think that's funny. I, I kind of want to touch on it. Yeah, we and can. Then we can. Cause I feel like this is a twenty twenty a twenty nineteen wrap up. Yes. Uh, so Andrew and I kind of started the Underground Railroad. Camp is a very indoctrinating place. Yes. And uh, there were like ten year olds there who they call them assistants. They want to one day work at the camp. Yep. And. Uh, they weren't respected. They weren't respected. They got all the bitch work. All the bitch work. And all the bitch work, dude. <laughs> like, it, like, it is freezing cold outside uh, and raining. Go find dry firewood while we all sit inside and chill. In the rain. Like, in the rain. And they want to do it because they want to one day work there when they turn they 18. They look up to those guys so hard. Exactly. Uh, you can get a job there when you start. You can get like a junior job there once you start 16. You can be a director like after 18 or some shit like that. And so they get this 10-year-old who wanted to be scouts. They're new. And they're like, we're going to work you and make you do all the bitch work that a normal adult would be like, you know what? 
Bro, who's a little Asian? <laughs> Max. No, 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 no. no. Mike? Uh, uh, not Max. Uh, they work. Was so enthusiastic about Bro, he was every doors and shit. Like when I saw with like ten shovels walking down the mountain, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, told you to get that." And it was like, he, I forgot who he said, but he's like, and he wanted them in ten minutes. I was like, "That's ridiculous." No, <laughs> like what you do is you. I was like, you can barely walk up the mountain. Like, what are you doing? And Bro. that's when I started preaching to some people, like my boy. Like, I was like, chill. I was like. You do a lot. So next time they tell you an unreasonable request, and in your mind, you're like, that's impossible. Say no. Say no. We had to review them every day <laughs> uh, on a graded, a numbered grade scale. And it was apparently very important because we had numerous meetings over the summer about some of the area directors being too nice on their forms no one should ever get a perfect score bro i gave out a perfect score every day i remember that meeting that we were in a meeting and uh they were basically talking to me you and probably one other person who kept giving out perfect scores yes like no one should get a perfect score and i remember asking the dude who was bitching about it i was like so uh if they can't do a great job, then why what are the we evaluating the that? I, here's what I would do. So it would be the numbers, a number grading scale. I'd give them whatever. I would do fours and fives. Right? Yeah. It was one through five. I'd do fours and fives just randomly. And then down at the bottom, it would ask about like the uh, scouting principles or whatever they are. <laughs> like there are like 10 of them or something like that. 10 commandments pretty much. And uh, it would ask, like, what was the best one they were, what were the two that they were the best at, what were the two that they were bad at? And all I would do is I would look at the kid, I'd be like, yo, what's your favorite scouting commandment? What's your least favorite? (laughs) And whatever they said, I would put down, because first of all, I didn't know what the fuck the commandments were. (laughs) (laughs) I knew TKSI. I think that was like six or something. Yeah, it's like take charge, uh, know your limits. Uh, I forget what the rest. Right, yeah, and I ended up putting that one down a lot, and I put down number 10 a lot because I knew number 10 was have fun. <laughs> so I was like, you can have more fun. Oh, it'd be funny when scouts would come up to me, like asking me questions out of the handbook, and I'd be like, I don't know a damn thing. Like, I'm telling you, man. I just, Don't quiz me on shit. Uh for me, it was like, oh, I remember the time that this was probably the time that I lost my job for this year, like not going to get hired back. I was like, hey, I got to talk to like, hey, you shouldn't be giving out perfect scores. And I was like, OK, uh, then what I want you to do is I want you to come down to the shooting range and I want you to watch them and tell me exactly word <laughs> for word how they can do their job better. Right. Because because uh, you we also had assistants that would fill it out. And my assistants would say the same thing that they were taught, like, we don't give out perfect scores. So every time my assistant would mark someone down, I'd be like, you give them a tangible thing that they can do to improve their job. And if you cannot, they get a perfect score. Right. And I remember him arguing with me. He's like, I'm going to tell so-and-so. And I was like, well, then write something down tangible. I was like, when they were supposed to sweep, they swept. When we asked them to do this, they did that. Like, what else could they have done? What more do you want? 
Because you always get that one that does too much. Yeah. Because they've been told never to sit down. And I'm like, uh, you walked in front of a loaded gun trying to do too much. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> like, I just want to say that. Just chill, What man. can I do, McNeil? Just what can I do, chill. McNeil? What we, can I do, McNeil? We had a Frisbee on the beach, man. I'd have them playing Frisbee, man. Because yeah. I'm not going to have them lifeguarding. Yeah. So I just had them. Yeah. But that was camp. Overall, it was a good experience. Good experience. I enjoyed it. It was discipline, and I needed it. Uh, what else do I got? What do you got? Uh, I think I, I wrote down take things one day at a time. I think I get caught up in the big picture too much. Oh, is this a goal for next year? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that where we're at? Or are we still reviewing 2019? I'll run through quickly the rest of my 2019, which was uh, I became a co-host of this show. Uh, we are growing this show. Um, took some marketing classes. I learned some, like, Photoshop and, like, production stuff. Began to be proactive about booking. I booked Wildin' Out, which is a new show I'm excited about. Was hired as a producer and engineer for uh, some other podcasts, which will be coming out next year. And the big one is I I applied discipline and focus to comedy. So like I've been writing every day, every day that you know I always wake up with the goal of writing an hour for that day. And more often than not, this year I've hit that goal, which is a complete change from years past. I think I've gotten to the point. I, my goals. Let me see. So I'll I'll list out my goals. Quitting my job, paying off my student loans, which that shit sucked. Um, I think I started holding myself more accountable. Yes. Stop being as much of a hoe. <laughs> I, uh, I I think it's something I'm working on. I think that I, while I may not have learned to be alone as much. I've learned to, to like you're not gonna get that perfect score. Yeah, you're not gonna get the perfect <laughs> score. Yeah, you're not gonna get a, a perfect score. But I've learned to be careful with my words because people fall and uh to not be so much of a hoe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've managed to be with one person for a long time. So You have. Congratulations. Uh so we'll see how that uh but I have learned, yeah, I've I've grown in that aspect. I have thought have been beginning to think more positively and uh being uncomfortable being okay with being uncomfortable and not um knowing uh exactly what's coming next. Yeah. Do you have an example? I even now I uh don't know necessarily what I am going to do to bring money in all the time with comedy. Um, I still think it's a long way off, but well, no, I'm not I'm talking about like I'm talking about making money to fund comedy, like because right. yeah, okay. I'm talking about making money from comedy. I'm talking about just like what I'm gonna do day to day and figure out the balance because I don't want to give another job 40 hours a week. Yeah. So whether it's I uh, freelance, do web design, go to a company and be like, look, I'm trying to work part time. I don't want to give another company 40 hours. And so being okay with that decision and being okay with uh, what's going to come from that. Like I've hit people back that have hit me up on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, they, you know, uh, we're looking for someone to apply. And I'm like, 
uh, would it be any way to do that as a part-time job? And, you know, you're getting a lot of no's with that. So being okay with that and being willing to work different jobs until I can find one that um, is okay with part-time because I just don't want to give 40 hours to anybody. Um, again, um, uh, and then I think I've gotten a little bit better at communication and um, saying how I feel. Uh, so that's like 2019 for me. Yeah. That's, oh, and, I agree with all of those things. Just and, looking at what you've been doing from the outside, I can see all of that. And being consistent with... So I think forcing myself to be consistent is forcing myself to get discipline in order. And by discipline, I mean like writing or having the podcast edited because uh, I, I usually am a last-minute person, mm -hmm. but making myself have to release it every week, which is what was one of my goals in January. Uh, once I got to camp, fell through on that. So I did it from, like, January till May. And then camp, it was just too much to do because there was no internet there. So being okay with letting that goal go, because I was really upset at camp that I let the weekly thing lapse. But, like, that just wasn't going to happen at camp. Like, yeah. Uh, but being okay, but then being able to look back and be like, oh, well, when I had the opportunity to do a week long, we episode every week, I did it. And then after I got out of camp, within like one or two weeks, it's back at every week again. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a goal of mine. I don't know. Did we ever do a document with our 2019 goals on it? I don't think we did. Or I think we did a uh, We're About to Quit Two Weeks Notice mm -hmm. podcast. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't re really remember what my specific goals were, but I'm pretty confident I would have hit them or at least hit something that's uh, within the ballpark. So I feel like I have accomplished a lot. So, yeah. And I think for me, because when it comes to my goals now, I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to have overall goals for the year, but I'm breaking them down into Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> – I have very specific goals, um, then also broader personal goals. So I don't really know how I've broken it up. I still got a week left. But yeah. Uh, what, so what do you what do you got coming up for this next year? Uh, so these are my overall goals that are very broad and aren't specific. So find an enjoyable way to make money on the journey as a comedian, uh, improve as a comic improve my discipline as a human being and improve as a writer just overall my q1 how i'm going to make that happen is in q1 is wake up every day and plan like no exceptions i already have the plan before i go to sleep and then wake up and review it um write 20 minutes a day listen to old material for 20 minutes a day and then rewrite jokes for 20 minutes a day rewrite yeah okay um and with becoming a better writer goes into, so I've been taking a sketch class and sometimes I get behind in sketch. I'm a little behind now, but you have to turn out like a sketch a week. And I find that having to write is making me better. Just like thinking from a sketch mindset. So I want to shoot some of those sketches. Um, but then also I have found, and I'm just opening up the packet, but the, in what, NBC Writers uh, Workshop 
internship. So like even preparing myself to write like that, like getting better as a writer by forcing yourself to write like writers write. Some of the suggestions from old writers was to take a joke that has already been written and rewrite it to make it funnier, like from your perspective. And it was saying that um, writers should be rewriting jokes 30 times, like especially if you're submitting it because your first five iterations are probably already going to be taken. So it was like, it's me, I've actually stepped back and thought, like, what is it going to take to be a high, le high level writer, not just a writer that's funny in, in C, DC, like, how do you become the top level writers? And it was like, you should always be writing in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And sitting there looking at that packet for like the past week and only writing one joke is like, okay, I am not there, um, but I need to train to get there. And like that NBA level training, mm -hmm. like I'm trying to put myself in now. Um, so yeah, just making myself become a better writer. Yeah. And changing up how I write too. So with that, one of my goals for 2020 is to write more, more sets about my life. So not just BS sets, but taking like a small event and saying, how am I going to make this funny? And that is my challenge. And even if I bomb the first half of 2020, writing your truth, like every book, every article I read is talking about writing your truth and finding a way to punch that up. Uh -huh. So like that is one of, that is my goal to become an overall writer and then be more decisive, like just make a decision and be okay with the outcome. Um, just tough. Yeah. But I've got really specific ones. Uh, launch the HS2 YouTube series. I want to watch one of those uh, in 2020. Think about numbers. I want to double the human mistakes numbers. <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily mean like I don't want to, not expecting to blow up or anything. I just want to double the number of downloads we get per episode per their first week of release. Uh, I want to do 100 open mics. I want to read 30 books. I want to write 100 pages of jokes. Which it should be, I should triple that because I'm already writing <clears throat> an hour every day. I'm already generating a page and a half a day at this rate. So if I just stay consistent with that, that's an easy goal. Um, I want to book 25 shows, two a month. And I want to audition and book for some, book something that I'm, uh, that I'm scared to do. Can I also add another one to yours? Yeah. Uh, one late night packet. A late night packet. I'll do a late night packet. Add a late night packet. It's on mine. Uh, All right. Um, there's yeah. one due January 19th, I believe, that I am currently Ooh, That's super turnaround right there. Hey, I'm saying it doesn't matter if it's shit. It's just about that structure of trying to write like that. I'll try. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Um, yeah, so those are like really hyper-specific goals uh, built around comedy that I got. Other ones are, I mean, right after this, I'm about to meet with a guy about a, starting a new job. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to put this on there, but so right now I'm being paid to make promos for another podcast. Um, I don't want to say which one it is, but we'll shout it out later if it 
grows into uh, more of a official job. And then another one I am producing full episodes of. So over 2020, I want to try and get as close to doing this full time as possible. So like, yeah, so like make an ad, say it's something you do. Maybe get the first person who is paying you to to drop a a recommendation that you're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, the job I'm meeting about after this is not. It is straight manual labor. <laughs> uh, but it's... It's money. Oh, it's decent money and no cap on overtime. Oh, shit. So it's like I do 60 hours a week and... So it's all like specific goals, man. Did you come with a mistake? That I made this year? Yeah. Uh, to honor the theme of the podcast? I, I would say being decisive in some areas and not being decisive in another. I want a specific mistake. Okay, you want a specific mistake that I made? Uh, I think my mistake... Let me see. Do you have a, a specific mistake? I do. Okay, hit me with it. I... Stopped drinking in March. March 9th was my first full day sober in decade and a half. And I ended up falling off the wagon at the end of November. So what I did was, it was there was some pretty crazy stuff happening. I'm not going to go into detail, but um, big thing happened with my family and stuff. And my reaction to that was to jump into managing mode. And what I did was I took over um, a lot of duties and stuff. And essentially I didn't deal with what just happened. And I dealt with it by becoming super productive and focused on work and tangible tasks that I could actually get, get done. And then a couple weeks later, when everything settled down, I went home and I got drunk. Um, and then there were a couple times after that where I just felt like, oh, well, I'm already off the wagon, so why not keep going? And I didn't tell anybody. I told, I think I told you. Yeah. Right before the Wild Went Out show. But didn't tell anybody. And it, it was a mistake because it pulled me backwards. And it, it set me back in a lot of different ways. Now I'm going to have to disagree with you on setting you back. Uh, because I think not only for our little mistakers out there, but for yourself, it's a very real thing, right? Like there are, you told me you Googled it. And uh, a lot of people who have gone through addiction and are sober now say don't even count that, right? They just mm -hmm. like... Continue on like if you're at 90 days and you slip up at 90 days, but then the next day you're sober or two days later you're sober. They tell you to keep counting. Right. Right. Um, because and I think that should be advertised more because I think in this world we think it's perfection. And that's when we get into this. Like you said, that once somebody slip up, they're like, well, fuck it. I've done slipped up. I yeah. am going. I forget what it's called, but it's like there's a slip up, which is an unplanned occurrence of drug use or alcohol use or whatever, whatever addiction you're dealing with. And then there's the relapse, which is complete abandonment of the recovery program. 
I think it's I think there's a, uh, an additional term that's like a lot of people once they start something like well I've already fucked up so I might as well like completely oh I took one shot so I might as well took take two right. or I should might, I might as well take three while I'm at it and for a penny and for a pound exactly and they just keep on going yeah and I think that mindset comes because they think that they fucked up so it's too late right. but it's like that's how life is like on a journey to get better and progression, there are going to be days when like you forget to plan your day the day before. And that doesn't mean you don't plan for another week. Uh, it's just your trajectory is your whole trajectory going up. Right. Uh, it's a uh, progress. Isn't linear is a big concept with a lot of programs and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's one thing. My issue with it was after that first time I realized that I could get away with it. So I did it a couple more times without telling anybody. Cause it was like, eh, I'm at home and I'm still getting shit done. So it's like, who am I hurting? And, uh, it took a lot of thinking to realize this isn't actually what I want to be doing. So it, it was a couple shaky weeks there, but I think that was, Probably my most dangerous mistake because there certainly was a big pull, something pulling me, being like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, let's just go back to the old old ways," you know. That's dangerous. Uh, how, like, what was your mindset to? It was like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I, why not?" I looked around and I saw a lot of people very upset, going through their own things, and I was like, "Why can't I be fucking miserable?" <laughs> you know. And drink and... And drink and say fuck it and, you know, when really that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be the sad comic. And that's just, I mean, that's something I decided back at the start of doing stand-up, man. I've always been... Oh, I don't talk about the messed up stuff that happens to me on stage because I want to make people laugh. I want people to be able to escape the world at my shows you know i don't want to talk about politics because that's just a reminder of how shitty it is i want to make people happy and slowly over time that has morphed into a more specific focus and especially this year it's been like i only want to put positivity out there right and that has to start within so it was it was it was a rough one um yeah, I forgot how shitty hangovers are. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Is it my turn for a mistake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Since you opened up, I'm going to open up. Uh, I think my mistake was, and it, and it goes back, and I'll give the specific example, but being indecisive, I think that once I quit my job and I was moving to camp, and this was all such an abrupt thing because I think I found out that I was going to be hired at camp and I turned in my two weeks notice like a week later because I was just like, I hate my job. This is employment for two months and I could figure out what's next. And in doing that, I met someone during this hectic time who I care about a, a lot. And I've got to know them. And when we moved to New Hampshire, they came to see me in New Hampshire. And uh, then I've been visiting them. And what's 
dangerous about that is that this is a very unknown time. This is a time when I need to figure out what I'm going to do to make money. I need to figure out, you know, what I'm doing with comedy. How long am I staying in North Carolina? Um, and now we've gotten to this point where because feelings were developing the whole time, I think because we got to this point where it's like, all right, I need to make a decision whether or Bro, not you said like nine times that you need to make a decision. I need to make a decision. And you just weren't making that decision. And I haven't been making it and they've been patient and not forced me to make it. And it's like at this point, because I haven't made a decision, someone is getting hurt at some point. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's, um, whether it's her, whether it's you, you know, because of HS2 and like, how do we figure that out now? Uh, from me having to move to a new location and it's all, I want it on the record. I've told you multiple times. You have. You can go. You have. We can make it work. <laughs> and and you have. And I think at this point, I have made it into a bigger decision than what it should have been when we were just like dating. Yeah. Because now there, it, it, it's it's. Well, you just spent two weeks up there. We I just spent two weeks up there, and it went well. It was like, hey. Go do your comedy thing. Um, I'm cool with it. You know, as long as we schedule at the beginning of the week, like a day to hang out and like a day to go on a date. Uh, it's cool. And like, that's everything I've always said I wanted. And I started like, you know, going into the depths of Google and like entertainers who had like had like a, like a child or uh, entertainers who got married or entertainers that had someone serious and all their, did, all the advice. Did Dwight was, Howard come up once? He did not. Okay. I'm talking about like people who like were getting stuff done like writers. Yeah. And what it said was it forces you to be disciplined. Uh -huh. And it was like talking, it was like musicians too, where they were like, yeah, it just forced me to be disciplined. Whereas like before, band practice or writing i might say i'm gonna start at nine but i get there i mess around you know how like we do you start writing at 10 when you're supposed to do at nine and toward the end of the week like the end of the two weeks i was like all right okay you bullshitted y'all said y'all were gonna hang out at six and you didn't get everything done but it's because you woke up late so towards the end of the week it was like okay now let me wake up at the time I'm supposed to do because I have to get this done Be while I might have less hours, it's more pointed because I'm like, I need to wake up at this time. I need to go to the gym at this time. Uh, but all, all I say, I say all that to say this is I, I think sometimes you wait for too much information and sometimes yeah. too much information makes the decision a lot more complicated it's very, yeah, it's very easy. At the end of the day, there are only two things you can choose. Exactly. But I think the more data you get sometimes, sometimes it makes the decision mm -hmm. more difficult. Well, the equation's getting longer and longer with it, variables on either side. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, so what did you learn from that mistake, though? I think I'm going to be more decisive early. Nice. Um, 
I'm going to deal with. And even now, I have came to the conclusion, even even though you say that you're going to be very supportive, and she's like, come down. Every, you can come down and record your shit. Not, she didn't say shit, but like record it. Um, it's like there's still times when I'm like, okay, that's cool if I can come down and meet with Andrew. But always two weeks, there was part of me that was like, I want to be recording shit right now. And I can't. Or I mean, I can. but So it's just a lot to factor because it slows down the production process. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Even if we're... Even if we're working around it, it puts a crank in the, in the production process. And right now, production is going smoothly. It's getting better. Until uh, we launch this fucking YouTube shit, man. I've, bro, been I, I've been messing with this. I got something that's going to help. Okay. I got something that's going to help. Uh, it should be here soon. It's going to make things a lot smoother. On the back end, it's going to be a little work. But every episode we record from now on... Should be, be a lot smoother. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. We got about seven hours worth of boring work on the back end to record what we've done so far. Yes. The five episodes. But every, but every episode from now on, if we do it this way, as soon as the episode ends, I should be able to hand you a full episode of the recorded video um, along with our our reaction uh, to record it. Yeah. So oh, I should be able to. Is it, is it like a device that'll take what's on screen? Yep, and oh, just and shit. it won't record our voices. It'll record the sound on from, the thing directly from it. What, what's it called? Uh, it's a screen imager that I oh, I, I got to show it to you. How but, do you find that? Uh, it's not on the Xbox. It's on my laptop, and then I have an external uh have an external DVD. Player. And did you just? Be like, uh, there's got to be a device out there, and you just went looking for it. How do you? No, I mean there are external DVD players all over the place. No, I know that, but like uh, the screen recorder. Oh, I've had one of those, man. Really? Shit! Why yeah. don't we think of that? Yeah. But the reason we didn't is because I didn't know if I had an external DVD player. Okay. Damn. Because then we'd have to find that program on the Xbox. I got you. Uh, but now we can play it off my laptop. Uh, and then have the laptop go to the screen and have a speak. It'll, it's going to work out. If you haven't guessed already, we're trying to do some reactions to something we're watching. But yeah. I don't think that's a secret. It's not. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for 2020, man. I think it's going to be probably the best year on record since 2019. Exactly. And that's another thing. I'm so excited for 2020 that there's there's a freedom that comes with just creating with your best friend. And I'm like, I haven't lived that year. Like, I feel like we're on the cusp of, of things just, are starting to happen, man, where we're just creating and having a good time. And people like our creations. I've been saying, I wanted to do videos for years. I probably dropped more videos than I've had over that. I've done over the past two, three years. It's more than I've done. And I'm enjoying the process and they're getting better. I think that 2020 is going to have some big things happening. I really do. Because, I mean, consistency is key. Exactly. And we're learning as we go. I just sat there and watched 30 minutes of fucking Premiere Pro um, visual effects and shit that I'm oh, already Lord. planning stuff. And okay. Like, learning as we go, putting shit out consistently, writing consistently, performing consistently. It's like, it's the only thing that can happen is that we get better 
And I want to get more ridiculous with the promos, dude. Like I, yeah, I dude. want them to go so ridiculous. Some of even these, though it's just a podcast, some of these effects, man. We we can we can we can fake a car crash. <laughs> if you want to get hit by a car, I can now. I want all of that. Like I want every promo video for every podcast to be like a fucking movie trailer. Yes. Like I uh, should just before we started, man, I'm about to release a fake documentary trailer. Really? I was downloading the stock footage for it right before we started. A documentary for what? Uh uh shit, it'll be out by the time this is out. Uh it's gonna be so like the bee problem, like all the bees are dying. Uh it's gonna come up like dramatically. There's gonna be some statistics like by the year twenty thirty, all the bees are gonna be dead. And it's going to play like, oh, that's a problem. Climate change, all this. But then it's going to be like, but one man hates bees. <laughs> and I'm just going to be happy about it. I'm like, bees, man, they sting you and shit. I don't like them. Get them out. <laughs> I say gone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just going to be like a minute-long stupid-ass video for Instagram. But And I like that type of stuff, dude. So, shit. How do we wrap this one up? Um... I will wrap it up by saying that we will post openly our 2020 goals. Yeah. And we will uh, show them as they're going along. We'll track our progress. Uh, What do we, all right, so what if we, when this comes out, we will have a, an associated post where like you can find our goals like in a central place. Right. So yeah. the episode drops and it says if you want more info or if you want to follow along, we will be keeping track of our progress at this place. I can be like, uh, one of my goals is read thirty books, so as I finish a book I'll update that shit. Yeah. It'll be like a express Excel spreadsheet or something something that they can get to that something they like can that. see. Yeah. We could talk about it, yeah, figure we'll out figure something it like out. that. Just show that the hard work's paying off. Yeah. Um, yeah, start documenting everything that we did this year, like how many shows we've had, how many open mics, and then just quantify uh, everything, how much it's improved. We check in during the intros of the upcoming episodes, too. I also wanted to start taking screenshots of our old number for the podcast. I'm, I forgot about that, just so like we can show one day how much it's grown. Yeah, I'm down. Head down, consistent work. That's how you get to where you want to go. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, I mean, 2020 seems like it's going to be a great year, and I'm just super excited. Uh, 2020 is going to be amazing because we're going to focus. Uh, We have touched upon part of it just by doing a little bit of it in 2019, and I feel like we just scratched the surface of discipline and getting goals done. And just doing the little bit, you have such great results. I mean, really focusing on it. I can't wait to see what it brings. Me too. Uh, keep working. Keep hustling. Uh, that's our 2020 goals and 2019 wrap up. You can uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Andrew Gleason NC Venmo. Andrew Gleason NC. <laughs> start throwing that shit in there. Uh, you can follow me on I Keep It McReal on all social media platforms. I K E E P I T M C R E A L. I Keep It McReal. 
Uh, follow Humor Mistakes on Facebook and Instagram. Like us. Subscribe to us. If you're on iTunes, leave a review. You can leave a review on our website as well, uh, the Lipson website. Uh, please do. If you if you like the podcast, those reviews really help with the numbers. So, Yeah. Like, subscribe, and uh, we out. Thank you for listening to the podcast all the way through. If you've enjoyed this, please like and subscribe, or just let us know what we can do to improve your listening experience. Thank you, little mistakers. <laughs>